Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over the other side. Let us cross over the other side. Now, when they had left the multitudes, they took him along on a boat as he was. And other little boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat against the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, you do not care if we're perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? This morning, I want to continue my sermon series entitled God Is. And a couple of weeks ago, we began to recognize that God simply is. And last week, Pastor Henry did a wonderful job, a smashing job at preaching about God is strong. This week, I want to talk to you about another attribute of, of God. Because why do we really know and how do we really know? Why is it so absolutely important to know who God really is? Because the truth is, until you really know who God is, you will never walk in obedience. You will never walk in holiness. You will never walk in faith. You will never walk in peace and serenity and calm assurance until you know who God is. Your life will always be in turmoil until you really discover who God is. And now, this story today is a story about Jesus preaching and teaching all day long. And the crowds were so large that the Bible says that he had to go in a boat and speak from a boat. And by the end of the day, he tells the disciples, get in the boat and let us cross over to the other side. Now, up to this point, the disciples had enjoyed some really good ministry. Up to this point, the disciples had, had really enjoyed watching a lot of victorious things happening through Jesus. Jesus is healing the sick and he's casting out demons and feeding the thousands of people. You would say at this point, they were going through a, a, a time in their ministry of smooth sailing. But all of this is gonna change in a moment. When Jesus tells his disciples to get into the boat, all of this is going to change in a moment. When Jesus knows that his disciples are now going to experience some turbulence, some rocky waters in ministry, unexpected challenges in their life, just so the disciples could be prepared for even greater challenges in their life. Because I want you to know today, God is always preparing you for greater challenges in your life. God is always preparing you 
for greater victories in your life. God is always preparing you for deeper trials in your life. He wants you to be mature. He wants you to be filled with faith. He doesn't want you to fall apart when you go through unexpected storms in your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. You see, on the shoreline, it was sunny and beautiful. And within minutes, the weather could change. Now, I have actually traveled on that same lake, the Lake of Galilee. It's not a sea, it's actually a lake. And I was there with my wife and we traveled through it. And, and anyone that lives there will tell you that because of the way that things are, 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 are there in, in that part of the region, at any time, you can be on the lake and it can be calm. It can be so calm, so tranquil, and so serene. My brother lived on a lake and I used to go jet skiing on the lake and it was like glass. It was just so cool and peaceful. But because of um, just the way that things are there, that at any time, without notice, a storm can come. And friend, I want you to know, life is filled with times in which life takes you by surprise. A storm happens in your life. Something unexpected happens. You get a phone call. You get into a car accident. You were fine, you were healthy, and all of a sudden you start to feel a little sick and you get a report from the doctor and it's not a good report. And the truth is, Jesus is very aware of the dangers of that lake. Jesus is very aware that at any time, unexpectedly at any time, that his disciples could go into, row into a storm. But still at the end of this long day, when evening is about to come, Jesus tells his disciples to purposely get into the boat and start sailing to the other side. And now why is it that Jesus wants them to sail to the other side? Why is it that Jesus wants them to experience a terrifying, horrific situation in their life? Because he wanted their faith to grow. He wanted the disciples to learn how to trust God, absolutely trust God for everything in their life. He wanted to teach the disciples not to panic when something happens, not to fall apart, not to come, become paralyzed when you get bad news in your life. He wanted to teach his disciples how to really trust in the sovereignty of God. Now you might say, that for the first time, this is their real lesson in absolute trust, trust 101. It's faith 201, it's reliance 301. This is how you truly believe that God is totally trusting that he's 100% in control of everything in your life, 401. It's the learning lab. And this learning lab is now found on the Lake of Galilee. And the test was, can Jesus' disciples really trust and know that God is in control, really in control of their life? And I believe all of us in this room and everyone that's watching via live stream and everybody that's watching in the cafe today, every one of us are going to have to get to that point in our life. God is actually going to put us in a situation 
in which we're going to have to see whether or not we really trust and know that he's completely in control of our life, that he's completely in control of our future, that he's completely in control of this world, that he's completely in control of the future of this world. That's why today my sermon is entitled, God is in control. God is in control. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're still the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life, but God's in control of your life. You see, I'm, I'm deeply convinced that there will be times in all of our lives when Jesus will tell us to get in the boat. He will have a purpose and he will know that there's a storm that's going to happen in our life. And he will command us to get into the boat and launch out into the middle of something that has the potential to take us out. In fact, let me be even more blunt with you. I believe that there will be times when God will actually create the storm. <laughs> See, God is the God over every storm. And I believe that there will be times when God creates the storm. There will be times when God knows that you're going to roll right into a storm that the enemy created for you. And there will be times when you create the storm. See, we want to blame everything on God or the devil. But sometimes you're the one who made the storm. Because you didn't want to listen to God. You didn't want to obey God. Well, I love him. I know he's not a believer, but I love him and he loves me. And now you're in the middle of the storm and you're saying, why God? And God said, no, you need to ask yourself the question, why did I choose this person who wasn't a Christian? I told you to keep your mouth shut and not gossip, but you got yourself in a big mess because you couldn't keep your mouth from gossiping about somebody and somebody found out about it and now you've been exposed and you got a storm in your life. I told you not to cheat. I told you not to do that. I told you to obey me. And if you obey me, there's going to be blessings in your life. But you disobeyed. You rebelled from me. And now you're in the middle of a storm. But listen to me. I want to tell you today, if God created the storm, if the devil created the storm, if you created the storm, let me tell you, even in all those scenarios, God is still the God over the storm. Come on, somebody. God is still in control. And so this morning, as we look at the story of Jesus telling his disciples to get into the boat, what we can see is that Jesus tells them to let us go over to the other side. And what he's really saying is I'm in control in the middle of the storm. I'm still in control. When you face trials that you did not see, that you could not imagine, that you were not expecting, God is still in control. When the storm is raging and the wave is furious and it looks like your boat's going to sink, God is still in control. When you feel like you're at the end of your rope, when you think you're going to have a nervous breakdown, when you don't know how you're going to pay 
the bills. When your spouse tells you that she or he doesn't love you anymore, you can still know this one thing. If Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, he's telling you that he's still in control. Come on, somebody. Help me out in this place today. Glory to God. So this morning, I want to show you a passage of scripture where God tells us incredibly that he's still a sovereign God, that he's a providential God, that he's absolutely certainly in control. And he wants his disciples to learn that by going through the storm. Jesus tells his disciples, get in the boat and let us go over to the other side. And, you know, sometimes you got to you got to read a scripture and then you have to pause and you have to really take it in. That's why the writer of the Psalms often said, God, I bless you because of your faithfulness and your goodness. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy names and Selah, pause. Take a moment, take a moment to meditate on what I just read. See, that word selah means pause. Take a moment to take it all in. Absorb what you just read. And boy, I got to tell you, man, I was reading Mark chapter 4. And when I, when I was reading Mark chapter 4, and I got to that story where it says that Jesus was preaching. And he's standing in the boat. And at the end of the day, he tells his disciples, let us go over to the other side. I couldn't read anymore. I had to take it in. I had to sila. I had to pause. I had to meditate. Why? Because those eight words tell me a lot about who God is. Let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. It's telling me that God is sovereign, that God is providential, that God knows what he's doing. Sometimes he's going to tell you to get in the middle of the, the river or get in the middle of the lake and and sometimes the storms are going to come. But God says, if we're going over to the other side, you have nothing to worry about because I'm the God who begins the work in you. I'm the God who will finish the work in you. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I'm the author. And I'm the finisher of your faith. And if Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, he means what he said. And he said what he means. We're going over to the other side. You see, until you really believe deep down in your heart, until you truly know and believe that when God speaks into your situation, when God speaks over your situation, when God decrees, when God declares, when God determines something, when God proclaims, heaven and earth can pass away. Everything around you can be in, in, in turmoil. Everything can be shaking. The ground around you can be shaken. But on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. When God makes a statement, when God says this is what's going to happen, you can believe that all of the heaven can be shaken and all the earth can be shaken, but God's word will remain till the end. Come on. When God says something, he means it. This is the rock in which we stand on. This is the foundation in which we build our lives upon. This is the truth that we base everything that we do in our life on. That God is sovereign. 
See, I didn't want to use the word sovereign in the beginning because some people don't know what the word sovereign means. But the word sovereign means God is in control. That sovereign means that when God says let, whatever he says let, it's going to happen. Like when God said let there be light and there was light. When God said let the firmament in the midst of the waters divide the waters, it happened. When God said let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, let it appear on dry land, it happened. When God said let the earth bring forth grass and the animals and the birds and, and the mountains and the skies, it happened. When God said let us bring forth the living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping beasts and everything on the earth, each according to its kind, it said it happened. When God said let us make man in our own image, it happened. Because when God says, let something happen, it happens. And Jesus, who is God, said, let us go over to the other side. See, it's sometimes really hard to believe that God is in control when we witness natural disasters that destroy countless lives all around us. It's hard to believe that God is in control when a crazy man takes the lives of over 50 people and injures countless people all around. It's hard to believe that God is in control when we hear of stories of little innocent children being sold into the sex slavery industry. It's hard to believe that God is in control when our lives seem so out of control. Let's be honest. It's hard to believe that God is in control when we can only sit by when a, somebody that we love so dear is, is dying a slow death. Or It's hard to believe that God is in control when we face unexpected storms in our lives that seem to, to take our breath away. My friend, adversity with its accompanying emotional pain comes in many forms. There may be the heartache of an unhappy marriage or the disappointment of a miscarried pregnancy or the grief of a spiritually indifferent, rebellious child. There's the anxiety of the family breadwinner who loses his job or her job and we don't know how the money is going to come in still others experience the sting of injustice the dull ache of loneliness and the stabbing pain of unexpected grief there's the humility of rejection by others the smoldering hurt of racial biases and the anguish of failure that comes at somebody's own storms that they created in their own lives Finally, there's the despair of realizing that some difficult circumstances, a physical infirmity or your own of your own or perhaps of a severely handicapped child will never change. And all of these circumstances contribute to the anxiety and the emotional pain we all experience at various times and in various degrees. Some pain is sudden and traumatic. And some pain just kind of lingers because it's chronic. And when adversity strikes, even the Christian is tempted to ask, where are you, God? Are you really in control? Can I trust you? Will you really help me? Even the apostle Paul cries out to the Lord three times and says, God, I can't take it anymore. Lord, I can't take this storm anymore. I can't take this thorn in my flesh, Lord, would you take it? Would you take it from me? God, get me out of this situation. And God says, no, Paul, I'm going to allow you to have that thorn in your flesh because it keeps you humble. It keeps you dependent upon me. 
But I want you to know, even as you're facing that storm in your life, Paul, my grace will be sufficient for you. For when you're weak, I will make you strong. Hallelujah. And Paul declared, I would rather glory in my weakness so that the power of God may rest. The grace of God may rest upon me. Or what about Joseph, who's in prison, who cries out? He cries out to the cupbearer. He cries out to the baker. Please, please, when you get out, remember me. Remember my suffering. Because he wanted to be delivered from that storm. And in all the pain, we can be very tempted to ask, God, are you really in control? That's exactly what the disciples faced, and that's exactly what the disciples said to Jesus. Jesus, are you in control of this situation? In fact, as they're trying to bail themselves out, how many times do we find ourselves trying to bail ourselves out of a situation? Man, they're trying to bail themselves out, bail out the water, bail out the water, bail out the water, but they can't because the boat keeps on sinking. And where do they find Jesus sleeping in the stern of the boat? Do you ever ask yourself the question, did Jesus snore? <laughs> He's just sleeping. Why? Because he knows that his father's going to take him to the other side. Jesus is asleep in the boat because he's not worried about the storm. He's not worried about the unexpected situations in his life. He can go to sleep. And I want you to know today, I know that there are times in your life where you stay up all night long wondering, is God going to get me out of this mess? You know that insomnia is at an epidemic proportion in the United States today. People cannot sleep. People toss and turn. They need medication. They've got all kinds of things today to put you out, to wake you up. Why? Because people can't get themselves to sleep and they can't wake themselves up in the morning because they're filled with fear and anxiety. But I want you to know today that you could go to sleep. The Bible says that my people, my righteous people, they have sweet sleep. I want you to put your head to the pillow and I want you to know this one thing. You could go to sleep. Why? Because Jesus is awake. He's awake. Even though he was sleeping in the boat, he was awake in his spirit. He knows all things. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. He knows everything about your life and he's awake so you can go to sleep. He's on the job so you can go to sleep. He's in control so you can go to sleep at night and know that God is in control. Hallelujah. But they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care that we're in this situation? Listen to me, the Bible is based on one very critical premise, one incredibly important supposition that God is sovereign in all that he does. Not some things. Listen to me, look at me. God never makes a mistake. God is always in control. And the only way we will ever live a life of victory and boldness, stepping out, obeying God, a life of peace and joy is to fully embrace the sovereignty of God over our lives. You see, we cannot obey God. We cannot trust God. We cannot be at peace with God or peace within we will never fully love God, listen to me, without embracing 
his sovereignty in our life. That's why Solomon tells us that we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. But in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. What he's saying was is that we have to trust in a sovereign God and in all, listen to me, all our ways. Not just when the road is peaceful. Not when the road is prosperous. Not just when the road seems easy to pass. But in all our ways, if we trust him with all of our heart and acknowledge the Lord, what are we to do? Acknowledge that he is a sovereign God. That he's sovereign in our life. How is it that Peter can allow himself to be hung upside down and still love Jesus all the way to his death. How is it that countless millions of disciples have given their lives for Christ and while they were doing that, they were singing and worshiping and trusting God? You see, because they believed deep down in their heart that no matter what happened to them, God was in control of their life. God is in control of their life and so that they need not to fear because if man kills the body, he cannot kill the soul and God will have the last word. Why? Because he who has begun a good work inside of you will bring it to completion. Glory to God. And it's because of that trust in a sovereign God. It's because we recognize that he understands things that we could never understand. He sees things that we could never see before. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. His ways are so different than our ways. His ways are so different than the way that we would do things. But yet, because we trust in him, because we know that he's in control, because we know that he said, let us go over to the other side, that somehow, you know, I don't know how, I don't know when, but my deliverer is going to come and he's going to make those things that seem so bad into something good. Why? Because God is at work in all things and he's creating something that we cannot see and understand for God is at work in us and through us and he loves us and he's going to make something good out of something bad and it might not be on this side of eternity but when we open our eyes on the other side of eternity we'll be able to say I didn't understand it then but now I understand it. Thank you Jesus that you are a good God, a merciful God filled with wisdom and you knew better than I knew and I trusted you all the way and I'm thankful God because you're a sovereign God the Bible is filled with men and women of God who trusted in the sovereignty of God they believed that God was totally in control of their lives totally in control of their destinies totally in control of the entire world and of all of history and the universe beyond Noah believed God Noah believed God so much that he believed that God had the right to destroy everything and start all over again he was the only one. Abraham believed that God was ordering every step that he took, that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Many of the, the, the plans of a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that prevails in our life. Abraham believed it with all of his heart. Joseph believed that everything that happened to him, God was ordering for his good and for the good of others. I mean, let's stop for a moment. It's Selah. Let's think about that for a moment. Joseph gets a dream from God. 
that one day Joseph is going to be a person of great authority and his brothers are going to bow down before him. And he tells his brother that story, that, that vision, and that's not really a good thing to do. When God gives you a vision, don't tell everybody. They'll think you're crazy. They'll throw you in a pit, leave you there to die. And the Bible says that, that Joseph's brothers became so jealous of Joseph, they threw him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. Now, now Joseph becomes a slave. And while he's in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife wants Joseph, and, and Joseph runs away, but she accuses Joseph of raping her. And now, now Joseph is, is actually taken to prison. Now he's in prison. He's in a dark place. He's in a prison. I'm not talking about American prison where you get three square meals and optimum TV. I'm talking about a badness prison. And while he's in prison, he's believing that God is a sovereign God. In the pit, he believes God is a sovereign God. In prison, he believes God is a sovereign God. And at the right time, God allows him to get out of prison. And now he's second in command to Pharaoh. And now God, who is a sovereign God, makes everything work out for, for the good of those people that he loves. And the Bible says that there's a famine in the land. There's a famine in Bethlehem. And what has to happen? His brothers come to Egypt. God, listen to me. God is a sovereign God. The Bible is one unfolding story about the sovereignty of God. Even when the people of Israel could not understand why God was allowing them to be in bondage for 400 years, God is a sovereign God. God knew exactly what he was doing. Listen to me. You're not on God's timetable. God's not on your timetable. God doesn't have to answer to us when and how he does whatever he wants to do. And sometimes we want to ask God, why did you do certain things? And sometimes God says, I can't give you that answer right now. You just have to trust me because to me, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. God's not on your timetable. But we can see the sovereignty of the Lord unfolding in this story as Joseph's brothers now have to come to Egypt because there's a famine in the land. And when they come to Egypt, Joseph recognizes that it's his brothers. And after a certain series of events, Joseph now reveals himself to his brothers. I'm Joseph, the one that you hurt. And Joseph's brothers panicked. They thought for sure Joseph's going to have us hung on the gallows. He's going to put us to death. But I love what Joseph says. You see, you can forgive somebody that's hurt you badly when you recognize that even in the midst of a pain that somebody inflicted upon you, God was still there. He was seeing. God was still ordering your steps, and God can even use the pain. You thought that that person controlled your life that hurt you. You thought that that person intentionally, and maybe it was intentional, hurt you, but God was not seeing. God was not at that moment caring about your situation, but God actually was using it for your good. I know it's hard for you to believe this, but God doesn't let anything happen to his children without first going through him. Just like Job, just like the enemy had to go to God before he could touch Job. But I love what Joseph says. See, see, when you believe in a sovereign God, when you believe that God is in control of everything, even when somebody hurts you, even when somebody abuses you, 
Even when you can look back at your past and say, man, that was really painful. When you believe that God is a sovereign God, you can look at the people that hurt you and you could say, listen, you thought you were in control. You thought you could hurt me. You thought that you could steal and rob from me. You thought that you could do something that could cause so much pain in my life. And maybe you did, but I want you to know that it wasn't you. It was the enemy inside of you. And at the same time, God, who sees all things and is over all things, he was in control of my life and he's going to turn that pain into gain. He's going to turn my scars into stars. He's going to use it for his glory for all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so Joseph looks at his brothers and says, you meant it for my harm, but God meant it for my good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Moses believed that God had the plan to deliver the Israelites out of bondage in God's perfect timing. Job learned that you can't understand God because his ways are so much higher than our ways and his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. So there's no use in arguing with God who knows all things. You know, Job goes through this whole situation in his life and he never curses God. But Job has to learn that God is a sovereign God. Job has to learn that, that God knows what he's doing all the time. So even though Job didn't curse God, he had a lot of questions for God, didn't he? So finally God had enough. He said, I had enough of your questions, Job. Let's go on the football field and let's go ahead and deal with this thing. And so he takes him out into a field and the Bible says that God asks Job a series of questions do you know how this happens? Do you know why this happens? Do you know how I create all these things? And Job is absolutely blown away. God never gives him an answer for his suffering. God just shows him he's sovereign over everything. That's powerful. Can you, can you absorb that for a moment? That God doesn't owe us an explanation. All we need to do is connect to the sovereignty of God and believe that, you know what? I don't always need an answer. All I need to know is that God is in control. You see, someone expressed it this way. God in his love always wills what is best for us. In his wisdom, he always knows what's best for us. And in his sovereignty, he has the power to bring it about. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego believed that God had the right to allow them to burn in the furnace while they were believing God for deliverance. Jonah finally learned that you can't run away from a sovereign God. Jonah finally learned that if God says something, if God has a plan and a purpose for your life, if God calls you into ministry, you could get the most expensive sneakers you can find and you can run as far as you can, but God will hunt you down and find you. Glory to God. So I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to tell you those that are watching via live stream today, I'm here to tell those that are in the cafe, in the balcony today, I'm here to tell you young man, young lady, there's no sense in running away from God. When God calls you, when God puts his hand upon you, when God says, I'm going to use you as my vessel, you're the clay and I'm the potter, you can run as fast as you can, you could be like Bolt, but I'm telling you what, God is faster than Bolt, come on somebody, God is faster than anyone and God will apprehend you. He'll hunt you down until you say, I quit. I give up. Why? Because there's no use in running away from a God who loves you with an endless love. That's me. 
I tried to run away from God. I was a Jonah. 19 years old, God caught up to me, and I said, I quit. I give up. Listen, God's sovereign. I'm going to tell you right now as the worship team comes, God is sovereign. And he will have his way. I, I know that this is going to mess with your theology right now. But here is it. I'm going to give it to you like it is. Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. Who are we to say to God, why do you do what you do? God is sovereign over everything. We look at the world today and we wonder what in the world is going to happen. But you know, it's got to get darker before it gets brighter. Daniel, the prophet Daniel once said this. I want you to when you hear this, it said, all the people of the earth are nothing compared to God. He has the power to do as he pleases among the angels of heaven and with those who live on the earth. No one can stop him or challenge him. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, what I have spoken, what I have declared will never pass away. It is settled on earth and it is settled in heaven. And if I said it, it will come to pass. Some people say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I don't say that. I say, God said it, that settles it. I don't have to believe it. If God said it, it's going to happen. See, God is sovereign over your life. He is sovereign over this world. And friends, we have no reason to fear of what's happening all around us. I, I believe with all my heart that the earth is crying out. With all the hurricanes and all the earthquakes and all the things that are happening, Jesus said in Luke, in Matthew, in Mark, he said, when all these things begin to happen, he said, there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be famine and pestilence. There will be earthquakes. There will be strange things happening that never happened before in sequential order but he said when all these things begin to happen Christian don't panic Christian don't be filled with fear look up and know that your redemption draweth nigh hallelujah he said don't look this way look up don't look this way don't look at the TV don't look at the news don't listen to the reports Look up. Why? Because God is in control. He knows what he's doing. He's got the storyline. He knows what he's doing. He's got the end in mind. Hallelujah. He knows what he's doing. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And when all these things are happening, he's still on the throne. He's still sitting on the throne. He's still Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And he's going to allow all these things to happen so that you can be ready for that time because you don't know when Jesus is coming back. Jesus said, the son of man will come as a thief in the night. And no one knows the day nor the hour when the son of man comes back. It's not, the question is not what is happening outside in the world. The question is what is happening in your heart today. You see, when Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, when he made that statement, what he was saying is, one, if I said it, it's going to come to pass. Two, let us. He said, even though you have to go through these times in your life, let us. He's going with you. He's never going to leave you. 
He's never going to forsake you. He said, let us together go over to the other side. He's not going to leave you in the middle of the storm all by yourself. He's going to be in the boat with you. I love what God says to Joshua. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. When you face all these trials in your life, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love Isaiah 41. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love what Deuteronomy 31, 6 says. When you face all your enemies, no matter what you're going through in your life, when you face trials and situations that you cannot understand, when it comes on you, suddenly be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am your God. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. Or aren't you glad today for the absolute undeniable presence of Almighty God in our life. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, stand to your feet right now. Come on, stand to your feet right now and just worship Him today. And say, thank you, Lord, that when you say something, you mean it, Lord. Say, thank you, Lord, that when you decree something, it will come to pass. Because you're a sovereign God. Come on, raise your hands right now. Say, thank you, Lord. That when you determine something, it will come to pass. Come on, begin to worship him right now. Say, thank you, Lord, that my life is in your hands. That you're a sovereign God. Lord, I thank you that your sovereignty helps me to know that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. You see, the sovereignty of God, what, what is the definition of the sovereignty of God? The sovereignty of God means that he has total control over all things, past, present, and future. That God was in control in your past, and God is in control of your present, and God will be in control of your future. That God is in control of this earth, and God is in control of the timetable, and God is in control of the tragedies and the devastations all around us that nothing happens that is out of his knowledge or control. All things are either caused by him or allowed by him for his own purpose through his own perfect will and timing. He is the only absolute omnipotent ruler of the universe and is sovereign, is sovereign. Everybody say sovereign. Is sovereign in creation, providential and redemption, redemptional in your life. So when Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, he was saying, for some of you in this room today, it's time to cross over. It's time to cross over. Why are you staying on this side of the shore? For some of you, you need to launch out and not be afraid. See, God's telling some of you in this room that you've been staying on the wrong side of the lake too long. It's time to launch out. 
See, the crossover part is really important. The Bible tells us that the Israelites, they got to the bank of the Jordan River and God said, it's time for you to cross over because on the other side of the river, there's a land flowing with milk and honey. What, what does that mean for you today? It means that some of you need to cross over and fully trust God. Look at me for a moment, would you please? I'm going to tell you right now, God's going to have his way in your life. At the end, at the end, whatever happens at the end, God is sovereign. But he's not talking about the end right now. He's talking about right now. So ultimately, will you come and surrender to the sovereignty of God in your life right now? Because if you surrender to God right now, then you won't have to struggle so much. I mean, you'll go through trials, but there'll be a joy and there'll be a peace. And the Holy Spirit will do a work in your life. And God will use all those things for his glory and his honor. At 19 years old, I quit. See, God was sovereign. He was chasing me. I just, I just quit. I just quit running. And I came to the foot of the cross and I said, God, I trust you as a sovereign God over my life. I surrender to the sovereignty of God in my life. And God began to do such an incredible work through my life. And still, there are times when I go through painful things. But now... What a different perspective, because I know that I'm walking with Jesus, and no matter what happens in my life, it's for my good, and I use that for the good of others. Amen. So God's calling some of you to launch out, to use your life to bless other people. You see, when you're not trusting in the sovereignty of God, then you're just complaining, then you're just feeling sorry for yourself, but when you're trusting in the sovereignty of God, you can say, you know what, everything, bring it on, devil, everything that comes to me. Every pain, every trial, I'm going to use it to glorify God. I'm going to use it to win more people to Jesus. I'm going to use it to, to glorify Jesus in everything I do so I can be fruitful in my life. How many of you want to take your life and use it for the glory of God? Let me see your hands. Glory to God. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes right now. You say, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Yes, God is a sovereign God. But he wants to reveal to you his plan so you can start enjoying it right now. You can start seeing the fruitfulness of your life right now. He wants to turn around your life so that you can be at peace and joy. You say, Pastor, I'm not certain that if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I need Jesus to come into my life. Maybe you're watching via live stream today. Maybe you're in the cafe, you're in the balcony, wherever you are today. You say, Pastor, I just don't know for sure. I need to know. I want you to raise your hand right now in this place, all across this place. You say, Pastor, pray for me. Anybody in this place, God bless you. Others that are, yes, 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 yes. Others that are here, you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to slip out of your seat. You say, Pastor, don't do that to me. I don't want you to embarrass me. Listen to me. Jesus walked all the way to the cross, half naked for you. I think you can get out of your seat and walk towards Jesus and surrender, submit your life to Jesus today. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and say, yes, I want to know. I want to give my life. I want to turn my life over to a sovereign God. Maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, I've been running away from God. I've been running away from the call of God. I've not been doing the things that God's called me to do. But today I want to surrender to the sovereignty of God. I want you to raise your hand right now. If you're in this room, say, yes, that's me. That's me. Yes, yes, yes. In the balcony, you say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, amen. You say, Pastor, I'm going through a hard time in my life. I'm in a storm right now. And man, the waves and the wind are beating against my boat. And I just want to know... I just want to be assured. I just need to step out and know that, God, I'm going to trust you. 
I'm going to know that you're a sovereign God. No matter what happens into my life, I'm going to still praise the Lord. And I'm going to use everything for the glory of God, even the bad, even the painful. I'm submitting it to the sovereignty of God. I want you to raise your hand right now. If you're here today, I want you to raise your hand. All right, we're going to pray for you. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in this place. So if you raised your hand in any of those categories today, I want you to get out of your seat right now. Come on, quickly, and come up here. We're going to pray for you. In fact, I want you to get some oil. I want you to get some oil because I believe that God is about to touch people in a way that, that's never happened before. Come on. I want you to get out of your seat right now. Come quickly in this place. You say, I'm going through a trial in my life, Pastor, and I need Jesus to touch me right now. I want you to get out of your seat quickly and come up here. You're here today. Say, Pastor Steve, I, I, I just want to make my life count for the glory of God. I want to be used by God, and I want to trust Him that no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to obey Him and live a bold life for God. I want you to get out of your seat right now. Come quickly. Come quickly. Quickly. We have another service that's going to happen in a few moments, so I want you to come quickly right now and say, yes, Lord. You say, Pastor, I'm here today, and I've got some situations in my life. Maybe you're sick in your body, and you need healing in your body. But I want you to get to the point in your life, listen to me, I want you to get to the point in your life where you're not so desperate, where you're not saying, look, if God doesn't heal me, if he doesn't come through, I'm over, I'm done, you know? I don't want you to get to that point. I want you to get to the point where you say, look, I'm trusting God that no matter what he decides for my life, I'm going to trust him anyway. If he doesn't want to deliver me through the fire, I'm going to praise him anyway. Glory to God. If he doesn't want to deliver me through the valley, I'm going to praise him anyway. I want my life to be one expression of the sovereignty of God in my life, that I'm believing that God is in control. I want you to step out of your seat right now. And I want you to come forward and say, I'm trusting God. I'm letting him be in control of every situation in my life. Glory to God. Come on. Come on. All right, everybody else in this place, I want you to raise your hands with me. And we're going to sing that song. Anthony's going to lead us in a song right now. We're going to pray together before I begin to pray for people. Come on.
Now listen, the secret, the secret to a victorious Christian life is found in this truth. God is sovereign. The secret. Because when you believe God is sovereign, nothing, nothing will knock you off. Nothing will take, tear you apart and, and destroy your life. Why? Because you just know, you know what? If God allowed it in my life, I'm cool because I trust him. Amen. But it's only when you believe that God is not totally, totally sovereign in your life where you just like get angry. Like, why in the world did you let that happen, God? And you get bitter and you start to think of things like, wow, if, if only so-and-so didn't hurt me. Even when it comes to making mistakes, do you understand how important this is? Even when you make mistakes in your life, even when you sin and you disobey God, but you come back to God. When you believe God's sovereign in your life, even when you make mistakes, even when somebody hurts you, even when you can't understand, if you just believe God's in control, ultimately he's going to get the glory and he's going to work it out. Man, nothing can destroy your faith. No one can defeat you. That was the thing that the early disciples, the early apostles believed with all their heart that God was the one that was leading every step, making every decision. Now you might say, but no, but I see the free will of man. Yeah, I understand that. God's even greater than your free will. I don't know how it all, I, I don't know. I can't understand it all. I, I can't. I just have to accept it. I just have to accept it. I just have to say, you know what? No matter what happens in my life, God is still in control. And when that happens, you could be in the hospital. You could be like, man, I'm, I'm sick in the hospital right now. And you're like, but no, God's in control. So I'm going to trust him through this whole thing. And I'm going to look for ways in which I can glorify him through this situation. I can't tell you how many times I've led somebody to the Lord in the midst of the darkest time in my life. You see, if you get yourself focused on the issue, the circumstance, and not on the God who is the God over the circumstance, then you're going you're to get bitter and angry and you're going to be like, I can't believe this happened. Or you're going to go, no, 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 no. All things, everything works together. Everything works together. So you know what? I'm going to keep my hope in Christ. And as a result, I'm going to be used for the glory of God. And so I, I just want to do one thing as we finish right now. I want us to make a proclamation, a declaration to God. I feel sorry for all the people that left already. This is the good stuff. Um, but I want you to just raise your hand. We're going to make a proclamation to God. And, and, and before you say it with your lips, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. I'm going to ask you to say this. Lord, I trust you. Don't say it yet. Lord, I trust you as a sovereign God. And no matter what happens in my life, no matter what, difficult or easy, I'm going to believe you're in control. Therefore, I give you my whole life, my entire life. And I want you to be glorified through the good and the bad, the painful, the things I cannot understand. Are you ready? God, you are sovereign God. And I trust you with my life. I trust you with my future. And I'm willing to say, God, use me in the good and in the bad, in the easy and the difficult. I am firmly believing you are sovereign and in control. 
you order all my steps and you turn everything into an opportunity for my good and for your glory. Thank you, God, that you're awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, say with me, God is in control. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Amen.